Welcome to Fierce, Fun, Feminine, and Other F-Words. I'm Christine Elizabeth, and I help women unstuck themselves. Today's episode is all about focus, as in concentration, as in how easy is it for us to focus on the task at hand so that we can move the needle in our life and feel success, feel progress, feel accomplishment. We're getting ready to unpack what focus looks like in the brain, how it feels when we move the needle forward, and how we can improve. Let's listen. Hi, everyone. I hope you participated in the focus challenge. Two episodes ago, I released a focus challenge, and it was about getting a task off of your to-do list to really hunker down, concentrate on it, and do away with it. And if you did not hear that episode, go back two episodes and listen to it. But this one will make more sense, maybe, if you had a chance to experience the progress. But we're talking about focus as in concentration. And let's think about it. You do get what you focus on. You get what you focus on. It's true. Now, this is in the law of attraction. It's in the results from studying for a test. It's everywhere. But if you think about when you focus on something that's going great in your life, it's all you can think about. Maybe you've fallen in love for the first time. Do you remember that feeling? Maybe it's new to you. Maybe it's not so new. But that person is on your mind and you can't stop thinking about it. Maybe you're expecting a child. Maybe you're anticipating a new job. Let's take it in the negative then. You can also focus on things that are gone wrong right? Um, Whatever it is, it could be a breakup. It could be, what did I do wrong? And you spin in your mind and that thing keeps getting bigger and bigger and bigger. What we focus on gets bigger and we get more of it. There's a quote that says, starve your distractions, feed your focus. I love that one because that's going to pertain to what we talk about in terms of the focus challenge. And I love this quote about focus. This is the successful warrior is the average man with laser like focus. Bruce Lee. (laughs) Think about it, though. Anyone, if they can laser their focus in, can be successful at whatever they're focusing on. The definition of focus is simply the center of interest or activity. So why am I talking about focus today? Well, one, focus is an F word, and that's part of my podcast title. But focus is so important because the ability to focus leads to our success. When we did the focus challenge, I was hoping to show you that if you could focus on something, you could get that thing off your list. Focus allows us to direct all of our mental and physical attention toward one objective, and if we stay there, we can avoid distraction or confusion. It's really challenging to stay there because we can get digitally hijacked. Am I right? We get lured onto our devices. Let's say your notification goes off. Bing, you have a text, or you get an email, and you're in the middle of a project, and the next thing you know, you check that text or that email that you thought would take one minute, and you're on your device for 30 right? Well, what is that? Why is it that we can't stay focused even with these distractions? And there's a lot of neurology and a lot of cool studies about it. And I'm just going to break it down and simplify it just so you can understand your brain a little bit more and then talk about some tips toward the end that we can help improve focus. But I found some really cool studies of what happens in these studies when subjects were asked to focus on something. They had scanners that would show which area of the brain would light up at certain times. In one study, the person was asked, or a group of people were asked to focus on their nostrils when breathing. Think about your nostrils. It's funny that you can even do that, right? (laughs) So right now, as you're thinking about your your nostrils, 
the prefrontal cortex is lighting up on a brain scan if you were hooked up. Just thinking about that thing. That's what activates in your brain. There's an area of the brain that behaves like the executive control network, and its job is focus, working memory, and a few other things. It controls your ability to hold focus on your nostrils. (laughs) I'm using the same silly example that they used in the study because it's so random. Now, how long you can hold that focus, it, it depends from person to person. In sustained focus, we're bound to drift away. Our mind goes from the task at hand to something else, and then a different area of the brain lights up on the brain scan. It's in the back of the brain. We might not even be aware we drifted, but once we have drifted and we realize we drifted, a different area of the brain lights up. It's really complicated. No wonder focus is so challenging. Three or four different areas of the brain light up when you go from focused to distracted to realizing you're distracted and all focus and then getting back to focus again. And then that's just for an everyday person. That's not considering someone with ADHD or ADD. In ADHD, their brains are low. It's chemically different for them. Their brains are low in dopamine and norepinephrine. And those two chemicals are partially in charge of attention span. So that's a whole other thing, a whole other challenge. It is difficult for them chemically to hold focus. Here's the good news, though. Have you ever heard of neuroplasticity? Your brain can relearn and lay down new pathways and improve. It is the coolest thing to me. Um, I do a lot of mindset work. And if you're a negative thinker, if you have, if you, if you tend to fall into that trap of doomsday, you, they have studies out where you can lay down brand new neural pathways in the brain. If you can take that negative thought and train yourself to think positive. So it lays down new pathways and eventually with a lot of practice, you, you think more positive than you think negative. And that same thing can happen with focus. You can train your brain to have better focus, but you have to have the focus to teach yourself to have the focus. (laughs) It's one of those sneaky little things that takes practice. So why is it really important? Well, one, our focus is getting worse. So I have several social media accounts for different businesses. And in the training for social media accounts, when you uh, work with marketing, because sadly our world, that's where we are now, right? Everybody's on social media. So we don't advertise in newspapers, magazines, TV, or radio anymore. We advertise on social media. We have three seconds to get someone's attention. That's a known marketing fact. If you can't grab their attention, three to five, that's the grace period. If you can't grab someone's attention in three to five seconds, They're not going to read, listen, or pay attention to your ad. We have become goldfish. (laughs) I mean, we have no attention span. It's getting worse, and a lot of it is because we consume digital content in short blurbs. Let me give you an example. When is the last time you read an entire book? Do you read entire news articles? Now, be honest with yourself. I'm going to I'm going to just share with you how I sometimes scan the news. I don't like to take in a lot of news content because I just it sets up it sets my day off on the wrong tone. I like to start off with positivity and all of that, but when I do look at news, I don't listen to it. I I read it. 
I read the headlines. And if the headline is interesting, I'll read the article. But if I, re- if I get into the article and I realize that that headline was clickbait, just to get me to read the article, and every news outlet does it. I don't care who you listen to. They all do it. And what I mean by clickbait is they craft some sentence that's going to grab you. It's a hook. And then you get into the article and you realize that's not really what they were talking about. <laughs> and then I don't give the article my full attention or I, I just scan an article. I don't really read an entire article on whatever it is because I don't have the attention span for it. And that is truly because of social media. Before I was involved in social media, and that's probably been about 15 years, maybe 15 years for me that I've been pretty involved on. I think Facebook was my first experience. That's when things started to go at lightning speed and we really had less attention span. That's about when I stopped being able to hold my concentration as well. So why does this all matter? If everybody's in the digital world and we all have a three-second attention span to get our attention, why does it matter? Why is it important to increase our focus? Well, it does matter. One, to bring awareness for yourself, understanding, and compassion because you may be married or have family relationships or work relationships where your attention is different than the people around you. And when you become more aware and you have more understanding, you can be more compassionate, but also for improvement, for self-improvement. I don't know anyone that wouldn't want to be able to focus better. So that's one. And that leads to your success, your personal success. And it also, if you're a mom, can lead to your child's success. And hopefully, if your child struggles with attention, this will give you some more understanding and compassion. I'm not a fan of running out and putting a child on meds right away just because someone says they can't focus. Children's brains are naturally curious and they go all over the place. Some of them absolutely need help to help them focus, but I do believe we are over-treating ADD and ADHD with kids and not letting them do the exercises to teach their brain to improve their focus first before going the medical route, but that's another subject. (laughs) So this focus challenge was that I did was to call you to hyper-focus on one thing on your to-do list that you kept putting off. Did you do it? So I did mine, and yay, I'm here to tell you it is done. And I'm going to also tell you that I just finished it two days ago. So (laughs) this giant project that I picked, these projects, if you're just tuning in and haven't followed this focus challenge, it was, there is always one thing on our to-do list that gets pushed back. Like we move it, we didn't get that done this week. It goes to next week and then the next week and then the next week. Sometimes it's months. Well, for me, I wanted to get these things off our list so that we could experience the joy and the success of the progress. And mine was a huge project and it was in my garage. I have a three-car garage, three-bay garage, and it only had room for my car. The other two bays were filled with boxes, furniture, and stuff like Christmas ornaments or moving boxes. Both of my kids are out of the house, and so I had moving boxes of theirs that still needed to be gone through to see what I was going to donate, trash, or sell. Uh, Christmas stuff that I purchased this past Christmas season that I didn't have a place for, you know, big giant 
garlands that you would wrap around a banister and they didn't have a home (laughs) when Christmas was over. It was really a mess. It was that little nasty thing that just kept sitting there and I wanted it off my list. And I know all of us have that one thing on our list that we want to get rid of. So I hope you did it. So here's what happened for me. When I was working on this project, I had minimum 20 moving boxes, like those storage moving boxes to go through to see what was a keeper, what needed to get thrown out. You know, I made piles. This goes to the dump. This goes to recycling. This is going to get resold. And one of the days I was doing it, I had the garage doors open and it was beautiful. Now I'm in the Seattle area. We don't have guarantee of sunshine. When I see blue sky, it is really hard for me to be inside because I want to grab it before it goes away. Sometimes we literally get it for 15 minutes before it goes away. And on this particular day of the week, it was blue skies all day. And I'm like, dang it, I have to finish this challenge because I challenged my podcast listeners to do it. And I'm not going to record the next episode until I'm done. So I had a lot of pressure on myself to get this job done, but it was so pretty outside. It was such a distraction for me. And the day before this particular day, it had rained. Actually, it was hailing. We have we have had some wild weather here in Seattle, but the ground was still wet from the night before. And I walked outside just to get out of the dark garage to get in the sun and get a little blue sky and sunshine. And I saw some weeds along the edge of the driveway. And the ground was soft because of the rain. And I ended up weeding a couple things. And I'm sitting there laughing at myself going, I can't believe you're doing this. Here we're talking about focus and you're weeding. And I couldn't stop weeding. I was like, oh my gosh, these things are coming out of the ground so fast. I can't, I didn't even have gloves on you guys. I was just pulling the weeds out going, well, why is this bad? I can, I'll weed and then I'll go back. An hour later, yeah, my whole long length of the driveway along the edge was weeded. And I had a big mess that I had to clean up in the driveway before I could go back inside the garage to finish my job. It was a huge distraction. Was it productive? Yes. But was it on my to-do list? No. It was a pure distraction. It made me laugh because as I finished up and I had to, you know, I made a mess. When you weed, you pull dirt and then your driveway's messy. And then after you throw the weeds away, you have to sweep the, it was just, it was a big deal. And I had to laugh at myself for being so freaking distracted. (laughs) I did get back into the garage and I got hyper focused. And I was like, okay, this pile, I have an enormous truckload that's going to the dump. I have a half a truckload that's getting donated. I have this rest of my, I have my three piles all set up and got rid of it. And I have to tell you when I was done and I pulled my car in the garage the next day, it felt so good. I was like, thank God. Thank God I had the focus to be able to finish it, even though it did take me a few days to do it. And that's something I talked about in the previous episode. When you have an enormous job, you have to break it down in bite-sized pieces. That's what I did. I would do one area of the garage or one box. Sometimes you just have to chunk it out in little pieces so that you feel a little progress. And when you feel a little progress, you tend to keep going. And that's how I handled it. But on that last day, 
Uh, that's the day I got distracted when I really wanted to get it finished and I did the driveway weeding instead. Um, I, I had to go back in and I was in there longer than anticipated, but I got it done and I felt the joy of parking my car in a clean, swept, pristine garage. It feels amazing. And I hope that you did your to-do list. I hope you got your one thing done. And I would love to know if you had distractions how long did it take you? Did it take you longer than you thought? How did you manage the distractions? Success just happens with intense focus. So I had to hyper-focus, get out of the sun, get back in this dark garage and get this job done. (laughs) But it happens for everything you want to succeed in. If you're a college student or you're trying to study for an exam or MCATs or LSATs or any of those things, if you're learning a new language, you have to focus. During our lockdown for COVID, I got back into, um, picked up Spanish again. I had six years of Spanish, if I include my high school and college, almost seven years. And when you don't use it, you lose it. Well, I found a website that would, it was really great interactive website during lockdown that I thought I'm going to just get back into it and practice and brush up on my Spanish. And I, I didn't stick with it. I, di- I was really good for maybe a week or two weeks. And then I would get these emails from the website going, hey, Christina, <laughs> we miss you. Where have you been? And they, they're trying to prod me to remind me to stick to it. And my focus just didn't couldn't stay there. But if I wanted to be successful in brushing up on my Spanish and getting it conversational again, I, I would have to have focused better on it. Another area that women especially need to focus on well, don't need to. If they're in a, an area where they want to change their body, let's say you're in a position where you want to lose weight, it is so easy to get distracted and not stay focused on your goal. And I talk about body and body image and exercise. I even have an exercise episode early on, a few episodes previous to this one. But when it comes to exercise and weight loss, If you want to use exercise as your thing that you're focusing on, how easy is it to get distracted from that? How easy is it to wake up in the morning and say, I'm not going to go to the gym, I'll go at night. And then all the things happen in the day and you don't make it at night. How easy is it to be hyper-focused and super excited about eating um, foods that you know will help you feel better? And then you get distracted and you eat that one thing that's hard for you to stop eating and your behavior around food goes back to an old pattern. So our focus is important for our success everywhere. And when you make progress, when I did the garage and it was finished and I swept out the last bit of the leaves and the dirt and all the things, I mean, you could seriously set up like camp in there and have a patio set and eat dinner. It's so clean. (laughs) I was just on a mission. But you know what happens when you're happy about it, you release endorphins and you feel happier. So our ability to focus is directly connected to happiness because if we focus, we're making progress and progress leads to happiness. Now, it's not the kind of abiding happiness. We're not, we're not abiding in happiness. It's not that kind. It's the momentary delight kind of happiness, right? Because if you notice, it fades. So eventually, I'm going to forget how good it feels to be in a clean garage. Eventually, you forget how great it felt to do X, Y, Z. Eventually, you forget how great it felt to achieve this goal it fades. 
The memory of reaching that thing fades. That's why progress creates happiness. Progress leads to growth. Growth doesn't happen without focus. It's a lot of words to get my point across, (laughs) but I hope it makes sense to you. Your ability to focus is directly linked to happiness, and I don't know anyone that couldn't use more happiness in your life. So if you are in a place where life feels a little boring or stagnant, I would challenge you to go back out there and find something to focus on and get it done and experience that little endorphin release. So how do we improve focus? Because that's the thing we want to wrap up on. How how can we improve focus? Well, there are a lot of things we can do, and some of them are super easy. Some of them are a little kooky, but they work. They're not my idea. And some of them are difficult. So let's start with the easy ones. You know you should be making a to-do list. Everybody does it, or in some way they do it. But also, you should be making a what-not-to-do list. So this is really a mantra in the entrepreneurial world right now. I'm an entrepreneur. I have multiple businesses. And one of the things, the strategies that everyone is talking about is get stuff off your list that you shouldn't be doing. So there's a lot of entrepreneurs that have a hard time letting go of easy tasks. They don't delegate well, or, you know, maybe they're thinking that they should be doing X, Y, Z because it's saving them this much money a month. But in reality, if they freed their time up and delegated that to someone else, they would be in their zone of genius and be able to make more money. And it's just a thing. They just get something off your list that you shouldn't be doing. So everyone has stuff that they could probably let go and delegate to someone else, hire it out, or maybe it's just not a priority. It's just something you know you need to do but or you want to do, and it's a distraction. The what not to-do list is usually a distraction from you getting your to-do list done. So if you get easily distracted and you know what easily distracts you, put that on your list. That's on your what not to-do list. So let's just say you work from home, like a lot of people are right now. Maybe... If you know that you're in Zoom meetings all day and it's really hard for you to stay focused and you know you need to be really on your game for this one particular day and checking your phone while you're on Zoom is something that distracts you and you don't pay attention to the conversations going on or whatever. So put your phone down on the what not to do list for that Zoom call. That's just an example. There's a million different things that could distract you that should should go on your what not to do list. Another thing, physical exercise. So everyone knows exercise is good for us, right? We should all be exercising, but physical exercise improves brain function. So if you're in the middle of a task and you're just thinking, oh my gosh, I cannot do this anymore. Maybe it's monotonous or it's tedious or you are, your eyes are tired, whatever it is, stop what you're doing and give yourself time to do something physical, some type of physical exercise. This is coming right out of that nostril study that I mentioned earlier. It could be jumping jacks. It could be running up and down some stairs. It could be anything physical, any sort of exercise. Take a walk and then go back. You'll be able to focus. Exercise as a routine in your daily activity improves focus. So if you already have exercise in your life, if you Schedule your exercise before certain activities that you know you need to focus on. That's ideal. So maybe you are sharpest in the morning or you have the most hard work to do first thing in the morning. Morning workouts are are better for you. If you have three o'clock meetings or something like that in the afternoon, if there's any way you can schedule a workout at lunch or right before that, you'll have better focus in your meetings. 
This is also something that I want to bring up about kids. If you're a mom or a school teacher, kids are naturally distracted. It's not normal for a child to sit for extended periods of time. We all know that. I don't want to go into all of the details, but I do think ADD and ADHD are overused in the school system. I think that parents are just running out there, getting the medication without giving the kids a chance to develop their focus. Now, some kids truly need it, and I know that, but I also know that my little boy could not sit. He's not designed to be in a curriculum at kindergarten and first grade to be in his seat all day. He needs physical activity. Now, all kids do, but some kids need it more. Some of us are more inclined to be active. So when it comes to children, this is a heavy topic for me because I'm so passionate about it. Forcing a child to focus is nearly impossible, depending on how young they are. I mean, kindergartners don't have very good focus at all. Some people will say, well, they can sure focus on a movie or a video game, but I want you to think about something. When they're doing those things, those games are changing every few seconds. That, that's not a stagnant thing. It changes. Just like I said, we have a three-second attention span. Well, every three seconds, something different's happening. So it's not the same as staying focused on a task that they might not necessarily enjoy. It's completely different. So yeah, they can focus, but they're getting constant re-stimulation. If you have a child, if you're a school teacher or you're a mom and you're working with someone that's a little one that needs to get some work done, give them an exercise break. Don't tell them it's an exercise break. Maybe just say, okay, everybody, put your pencils down. Or if you're a mom, hey, we're going to go race me. I want you to race me from here to this room. Or let's run down the hallway. They're going to look at you like you're crazy. (laughs) But we're going to take a break. We're going to give five minutes, and we're going to just do this because I want to just see how fast you are. Or drop and give me 10. Let me see how many push-ups you can do. Or can you do jumping jacks? Do you know how? Something like that. Give them a chance to exercise and tell them there's going to be an end to it. I'm going to time you and then put them back on their project. They'll have better focus. They'll be happy to have the break and do it before they're telling you that they're done. Kind of anticipate it. Anticipate when they're kind of going to be tapped out and give them that break and then tell them there's a time limit so they know that they have to go back to the task, but you'll notice their attention span will improve. So exercise all the way around, great thing. Here's the other thing that's really interesting. This study suggested it, active listening. This improves our ability to focus. That one surprised me, but it didn't. So our ability to listen actively means that we are not drifting off in our own thoughts. (laughs) And I'm guilty of it. I hope I'm not the only one. But you know those conversations, if you're at a restaurant with a group of friends and one of them's going on and on and on about something that maybe you've heard multiple times and in your mind you're thinking, what am I going to make for dinner? Or whatever it is, you know, your mind drifts. Active listening doesn't allow you to do that. Active listening keeps you dialed into that person. You're looking in their eyes. You're really paying attention to what they're saying. You're repeating back what you think you hear, and you're engaging. You're saying like, wow, that's really awesome. I'm happy. That must feel great for you. Or wow, that must be really hard for you. Tell me more and stay with it. Active listening improves your ability to focus. So I struggle with this 
And I might be, I, I don't know what it is. I think it, it, maybe it is that attention span thing. Cause I'm like, I got this stuff to do. Like, just get to the point. I like a straight shooter. Just tell me what you want to say. Don't sugarcoat it. Don't be rude, but just say what you have to say. I don't need all the flowery details. Now, if those details make a big difference in your story, I can deal with it. But there's a chance that those are going to make me get distracted and wander off. So that's not their fault. That's on me. And that is my inability to focus on what this person has to say, because what that person has to say is important, or they wouldn't be telling me. So active listening helps boost your ability to focus. Here are two brain exercises, and these are interesting, out of the nostril study, I keep calling it that, they gave two exercises to help improve brain exercises. Now, I used to have brain exercises about 15 years ago when I got on social media. It's funny that it's around the same time now that I'm thinking about it, but it was something I could log into a website on my laptop, and it was some type of a brain game. And it was like following a tennis ball or a ping pong ball in certain directions and your eyes had to stay on it. And it would just do different things where you had to anticipate where it was going to pop up, all kinds of things like that. Well, that was designed for focus, to improve focus. These two exercises from this neurology center gave are for the same reason and they're different. They're different because they don't require your computer. One of them is so simple, but it's not. Sit still in a chair for 15 minutes. Don't move. Don't talk to anyone. Don't wander off and think about anything except your body sitting in the chair. Now that's a form of meditation. So if you're great at meditation, 15 minutes is probably not a big deal for you. If meditation is something you've never tried, it's so hard. (laughs) It's challenging. Meditation is a great practice to improve your ability to focus because you, you let your brain, you, you turn off your brain to all your distractions. This is an exercise. Sit in a chair still for 15 minutes. Don't move. Don't engage in conversation. Don't think about anything else about your, except your body. Listen to your breath and just sit, set your timer on your phone. That's hard. I don't even sit well when I'm not trying to focus. I'm usually moving and doing something at the same time. (laughs) So this one would kill me. The next one I tried, and it was so much more difficult than I thought it would be. And you're going to crack up at what it is. Open and close your fists for five minutes. That's it. Five minutes. So sit or stand, but I would suggest sitting and just open and close your fists for five minutes. Set a timer on your phone and do it. I am so surprised that around two minutes, I was like, I don't want to do this anymore. Like, how long is this going to last? It felt like the longest two minutes ever. It kind of was a great wake-up call for me to see how short my my attention span really is. So those are two exercises that you can do. Now, what if you have ADD and ADHD? Um, Things You do all of these things I just mentioned, but your brains are a little bit different. You, you distract way easier than anybody else. You also hyper-focus better than anybody else. You definitely have chemical issues that cause that. And you know what's really interesting about people with ADD and ADHD? A lot of billionaires, gazillionaires, people that create these big companies struggle with it. They are medicated for it. So brilliance comes from this. 
It really does. But you struggle to concentrate. So you do all of the things I just mentioned. Make a list, make a what not to do list, active listening, physical exercise, brain exercises that I just mentioned. But you also need a parking lot for your distractions. What I mean is by that, every time a thought comes up, that has nothing to do with the task at hand, you need to brain dump that somewhere. Put it in a parking lot. Park it. So I don't know if that's a planner. I don't know if that's a sticky note. That could be that you have notes on your phone and whatever you're doing, you stop and you type it so that you just park it and let it go. You need to do it so that you don't deal with it then and then go back to your task at hand. The other thing that's really important for you if you have ADHD is to know your triggers. Something triggers you to get distracted easier than something else. Usually you get distracted when you're overwhelmed with a large task. I don't know. It could be something like 500 socks that you have to mate, right? Or you're, you know, overwhelmed with cleaning an office uh, or maybe you're organizing photos. That's one I've heard some people talk about lately. Old, old school. They're not digital. They're the old photos that they're in boxes and uh, there are photo albums and they want to organize them and get them digital. It's an enormous task because they have a hundred years of pictures and they get overwhelmed and they get distracted. They don't stay on task. What is it that distracts you besides the tediousness of it? Sometimes it's hunger. It's not just boredom. Sometimes it's hunger. Sometimes it's just something that irritates you. Whatever it is, be aware of your trigger because when that trigger comes, it won't necessarily mean that you'll stop, but you can recognize it. And so say, oh, hey, hi, I recognize you. I knew you were going to come for me and acknowledge the trigger. Let the trigger maybe take you off for a little bit, but acknowledge it. Be more aware of what sets you off. Now, what happens with ADHD a lot of times with people that suffer with this is they're on the task. They'll completely quit when they get distracted and they'll go binge on Netflix or they'll just get in their car and go to Target or do something completely different because they get overwhelmed. So if you know your triggers and you can recognize it and say, oh, oh, hi, I see you (laughs) and just acknowledge it, you will be able to overcome it easier. The other thing for you to really, this is important, is have accountability. Tell somebody, hey, I need to work on this thing and I need somebody to help me stick to it. So let's say that you, I'll pick on something easy for women because we're all women here. Maybe it is nutrition. Maybe it's diet and exercise because you're on a quest for body transformation. Having an accountability buddy to keep you focused on going to the gym or exercise because you will get distracted. You know, you could, maybe you're only doing a 20 minute hit workout and 10 minutes in, you're like, I'm done. I did enough. And you know, you're not done. You need somebody to hold you accountable. You get distracted because of whatever. Have somebody dial in with you and check in with you and say, Hey, how you doing on these things? Because if you have accountability, then you have to answer for it. And that's a lot different than just yourself. You'll beat yourself up. You're good enough about that. We all do that, right? But they're not going to beat you up. They're just going to check in with you and see how you're doing. All of these things are at our fingertips, all of them. It's not anything that I'm inventing or creating from scratch. These are things you can do because of what's that big word? Neuroplasticity. We can change our brains and become better focused. The final thing, and this is my opinion, it's not science. I'm sure there's science out there that says it, but I don't, I haven't read the exact reference to tell you. Social media is destroying our ability to focus, so less screen time on social media is better. 
It just is. If you can limit your screen time, all of the phones right now, I'm pretty sure, I know Apple does it with iPhone. At the end of the week, they'll give you a report on what your screen time is like. If you can actively work on reducing that so that you're on it very little, your attention span will improve. People that are not on their devices all the time have fantastic attention spans compared to people that are not. So that is just my two cents to add. I hope all of this helped you. I hope that you'll be able to look back and find what your triggers are. I hope that you'll you'll take these exercises and apply them. I know I'm going to. Screen time is a big one for me. I have to be on my screen for work and I really try to limit it. I check in on my phone twice a day. That's it. And I try not to be on it any more than that. Um, I do try to read book. I love to read. I'm a I'm a reader more than TV. So I try to, the problem is I have four books. They're all going. (laughs) It's a distraction problem. It's a focus problem. My goal right now is to stay with one book and finish it and then get to the next one and finish it instead of having all four going at the same time. I would love to hear how you're doing. And if you have any questions comments or thoughts, send me an email. You can reach me at fiercefunfeminine at yahoo.com. As I was recording this podcast, it crossed my mind that if you stuck with me, you have great focus because it is easy to turn something off, change the channel or get to the next podcast, the next episode or even music. So if you're still here, I want to say thank you. That means a lot. And that shows a lot about you and your ability to focus. If this episode was helpful, hit subscribe so that you get notified the next time a new episode releases and share it with someone you think it may be helpful for. I sure hope it brought you some awareness and that it helped you. Until next time, have a fierce, fun, feminine, and fabulous day.